Wait for it. I am Loki of Asgard, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. The wait is over. He is Loki from Asgard, burdened with glorious purpose. I am Jim, joined by Chuck. We are both from Midgard. And this is the very first episode of The Loki Lounge, the unofficial Loki after show brought to you by your friends at Active Geek Productions. And Chuck, we're here, man. Uh, Spoilerville from this moment out, because we're talking episode number one of Our Wives' Most Anticipated (laughs) Series of 2021, Loki, episode one, Glorious Purpose. I can't wait to talk about this with you. Uh, We both have watched it, obviously, Mm -hmm. because we're here talking about it, but we haven't talked about it, which is the beauty of our after shows. Yeah, and that's the beauty. We don't talk about anything that we're going to review until we get into the episode because we want to make sure that we're not repeating each other and we're not, you know, it doesn't sound mundane. So let's kind of just jump right into this. This episode, again, called Glorious Purpose, it came out on um, June 9th, which is appropriate for Loki, uh, coming out on 6-9. We are going to dissect this episode we're going to talk about our thoughts, and we're going to get into Easter eggs, as always. So, again, if you missed the first spoiler warning, prepare to be spoiled. What did you think of the first episode? Because a lot of you know uh, places, publishers, and media outlets are saying this is Marvel's most ambitious premiere, most ambitious series. Um, a friend of the show uh, attended the premiere mm-hmm. in los angeles yeah. which is amazing so shout out to quiva i have my thoughts about this episode i talked to somebody else about this episode i've talked to another person about this episode we're tom hiddle we're hiddle stands is that what we're gonna call it hiddle fans yeah i'm gonna go with the, what the cool kids say stands because we stand them like eminem and devin sawa let's go uh hiddle stands what'd you think of loki glorious purpose i thought it was good it was it's kind of what I expected, especially with the time variance agency. You know, it's it's like what Legends wanted to be. Oh but. my god. Can we just sit here for a minute? Because that's the tagline of this episode, I, I guess. Because I felt the same way. You know, if you, you know, I should say Legends of Tomorrow. If people just think, you know, I'm just saying Legends. But it, it you know, it didn't remind me of Legends of Tomorrow besides the time travel stuff but it did it in a way that legends couldn't hold a candle to it was it was weird the episode was super super weird yeah like the time agency is kind of like its own realm what i thought was really weird about it is like the one guy didn't know what a fish was yeah um what was his name caesar yeah the the best like the thing about the tva right so it kind of reminds me of purgatory where it's kind of in limbo. It it doesn't it exists but it doesn't. You know what I mean? They're outside of the sacred timeline that was caused at this multiversal uh multi-universal war which resulted in, you know, the sacred timeline being uh compromised, right? Or being preserved. And then it was compromised during the obviously the the result of Endgame, the events of Endgame where they go back in time to get the infinity gems and Loki gets a Tesseract and he poof goes to Mongolia. He becomes DB Cooper. All this fun that stuff. That was awesome. That was great. I saw that in the trailer. I know we both talked about it. And that was what a twist for him to be DB Cooper. I, I absolutely love that. But the TVA, it's the Time Force. It's the people that just 
navigate the time stream and we don't see them, but they're always there. And it's crazy. Um, did you like the way that they, they kind of set that up as it's it's kind of like a telemarketing agent, agency with, you know, assassins, time assassins? Yeah, it kind of reminds – what was that movie uh, with Matt Damon, The Bureau? The Adjustment Bureau. The Adjustment. And it kind of reminded me of that a little bit with, with Time Agency and, you know, with the Marvel twist. But like I said, they're just out of place. Like like you said it perfectly, like Purgatory. Because I'm not sure – like for a guy not to know what the hell a fish is, that's yeah. kind of weird. And then – Yeah, they operate in their own box. Yeah, and then, you know, in his little push cart that he's collecting stuff, Loki opens up and just see all these Infinity Stones. Yeah, which I'm going to talk about in our Easter eggs. But, yeah, that was huge. What a moment that was. And he acted like he was like, oh, people using his paperweights. Yeah, and then Loki, when that scene, like, so there's a lot of, like, self-reflection in this in this mm-hmm. episode with Loki. Like, he sees Frigga die. He sees himself die, which, you know, Chelsea and I were watching. And we're like, man, how shitty does that have to be? to see yourself die so he sees the two people that he cares about the most his mother and himself die he also sees odin die which is you know huge and that you know no reveal of hella i thought that that was kind of weird like they focused on all of his family except for hella so and that might come back in in a theory that i have but you see that when he's dying he realizes that he isn't burdened with glorious purpose Mm-hmm. When Frigga dies, he realizes he isn't burdened with glorious purpose. When he sees the Infinity Stones, he just realizes that he's a pawn. So there's a yeah. lot of self-actualization in this episode. And like it ties into the layers that they did. They built on Loki as this anti-villain in the beginning who is now trying to find his anti-hero-isms. Mm-hmm. Because this is, this is the Loki from... Avengers. This isn't the Loki that we've seen yeah. in Ragnarok, Dark World, Infinity War, all of that stuff. We haven't seen that Loki yet. That's that hasn't happened. No, and that's what my wife is like. What do you mean he's never seen him? I was like, the Loki we know is dead. Yeah. I was like, this Loki is from Avengers one. Yeah, from two thousand and twelve. He hasn't seen any of these events. He knows nothing of of these events. Like you were saying how he was like, he's a pawn. One thing that he said, and then Agent Morbius, who is uh, Owen Wilson, who is fantastic, by the way. Yeah, their Uh, dynamic was amazing. So when he said, I make my own path, and Morbius was like, no, not really. Like, you've always been... Our story's always written. Yeah. it's, It's very, I don't want to say like, destined by fate but it is because like even though we don't know the end results of our story if we're a a higher power believing god-fearing type of person it's already predetermined what's going to happen we're going to get like little nudges in the right direction and the wrong directions because you know shit happens but i feel like it's already predetermined it's the same thing with loki like his story's already written i'm sorry and that's what morbius was saying like Everyone in this universe doesn't have a say what they're doing. It's it's predetermined. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about Mobius and and Hiddleston for a second. They Owen Wilson and Hiddleston's dynamic is gold. It's absolute yeah. gold. I never thought that those two 
would mesh as well as they did. And Owen Wilson, like, one episode, this is our, my favorite thing that he's done. Yeah. Because, like, it just showed range with him. Like, I, I saw more range than I've ever seen with Owen Wilson in this one short episode, which was which was telling. But the, the big thing for me with this episode was the layers and the story building. We mm-hmm. are on a collision course to find out that another variant Loki is destroying the timeline. Yes. And I think that that's huge, and I have some theories about that. But did anything really stand out to you about this episode that was like that really made it special, or did you already mention that? I mean, the D.B. Cooper is probably my favorite part. That was great. You know, because, you know, Mobius was basically saying like, yeah, you know, you always get out of sticky situation, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, this is my favorite. And he just kind of playing the tape of his life. Yeah. And he was like, here, I'm going to go to this. And you see him and we're like, okay, we're in like the 60s or whatever. And this is Cooper. And I'm like, what? And then at the end, like I'm kind of putting it together. And at the end, he was like, you were D.B. Cooper. Yeah. And I was like, that's insane. Like, I love that he played know. his greatest hits, which included the murder of his mother. <laughs> and it, it yeah. just, it honestly, it just shows you, like, again, you're nothing in the scheme of things. And you, you may be the god of mischief, but you haven't done anything mischievous. All you've done is wreaked havoc and caused the people around you to die. So is he actually, you know, it, they didn't say it, but like, is Loki thinking he's the god of mischief or the god of death? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it really put it into perspective. And you kind of seeing his face kind of realize, like, everything that I thought I was. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I think the one thing that stood out for me besides the dynamic from Owen and Tom was the Time Hunters and uh, the other Loki variant. Um, the time Having the, the Time Hunters was huge. You know, you you have this time police that are going to go out there and hunt these variants, and we've kind of seen what they can do, and we can see that the variant is even more deadly and powerful. And if it is truly Loki, then you know it's game over for most of these these time variants. So, do you have any theories about the series moving forward? I think it's what eight episodes, six episodes. Do you have any theories moving forward from just this one episode? I'm not really a theory guy. Like, I can't... My brain doesn't work like that. You probably got, like, 39 theories. I have two. Three. Do you want to hear them? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, the variant. Um, I believe that the variant is actually Lady Loki. Okay. I don't think it's going to be another male version of Loki. I think it's going to be the female version that we've seen in the comics, we've seen in Comic-Cons throughout, you know, yeah. the last 35 years. Um, also, a cool twist. Don't think it's going to happen, but... I would love for that female version of Loki to actually be Kate Blanchett and be Hela. That would be cool. Because we know in the 1500s when or 1800s when they're in Oklahoma and that's when the variant is, Hela wasn't in, in hell yet. She wasn't with Surtur. So this could absolutely be her wreaking havoc under the name of or under the guise of in the comics, her father, not her brother, but in the MCU, her brother. Um, I think that that would be cool. And then my final theory is I think that we're going to see some sort of Kang, the Conqueror. Um, One of his personas is going to show up. He exists throughout all of time uh, and has so many different personas. You go back to uh, Immortus with En Sabanor, the first X-Men. You know, Mm -hmm. you see him, uh, first mutant, you see him. So I do think we're going to get 
a Jonathan Majors cameo in this. And then my long shot was that the Squadron Supreme shows up in this. I think your first theory is more... Yeah, I think that's the only one that's likely. Um, Hella would be an amazing twist. Um, Hella, I'm going to ride the Hella train like it was Mephisto. And, and <laughs> I I'm I was waiting for Mephisto to come up. In uh, well, how about the devil that we see in the church? Is that not Mephisto? <laughs> it's not. It's actually the devil. But what fun we can have with uh, with the Mephisto train. But let's dive into some Easter eggs. A lot of them were pretty right up front. Uh, yeah. Like the the intros, you know, the Avengers tie ins, the Avengers Infinity Wars tie in uh, Thor the Dark World and Thor Ragnarok, where you're seeing the events of Loki's life pass through. I thought that that was fun. The big one that not a lot of people are talking about is when Loki's in custody, there's a rogue scroll being taken into custody. Did you catch that? No, I did not. So he gets into the TVA and they're walking through and at the the front desk, essentially, they're like, oh, we got a rogue scroll. That continues to this trend of Secret War tie-ins. So I think that this is kind of like the prelude into Secret War for me. Uh, we have uh, Gugu Mbatha-Raw, yeah. who is playing Ravona Renslayer. First of all, awesome Viking Norse metal band name. Um, but in the comics, she has been tied to Kang. I was wondering, like, when I saw her and then, like, I knew she was going to be on the show. And she's a decent actress. And I would, I don't know if she's up and coming because she's been around a while. But, like, when they announced her, I'm like, she's got to be something bigger than what we just saw in the first episode. Yeah, in the comics, she's a a former timekeeper. So she's going out there, and she's like a time hunter, timekeeper, whatever, who then becomes the judge of the TVA, which we saw. We didn't yeah. see her backstory, but she does have romantic ties and allegiant ties to uh, one of Kang's personas. So I, to your point about her being upcoming— up and coming. I think she's up and coming to American audiences. Mm -hmm. um, British audiences know her. I mean, she was amazing in Black Mirror. And I think more people know her now from The Morning Show. Yeah. I've known her about known about her for a while. Um, oh, yeah. I've been talking about her for years. I've been casting her for everything. <laughs> I'm so glad she's in there. Um, and then we have Hunter B-15, who is like the resident badass of the series. And um, she's a new character. There's no Hunter B-15 in any of the comics. Um, there's no inspiration for that character throughout the comics, but she's new, which is great. I don't know if you caught this. I'm sure you did. The robot that, you know, pretty much uh, undresses Loki, revealing a incredibly ripped Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> Didn't he look like Herbie from Fantastic Four with the face? Like early cartoon Fantastic Four Herbie? I was thinking more of the robot from in the Spider-Verse when... Uh, yeah, yeah, with Penny, Penny Parker. Yeah. Yeah, well, it looks like a robot from Marvel, so we got that. Uh, throughout the Miss Minutes show that we see, uh, voiced by none other than Tara Strong, which was awesome, we see that there was a, uh, a Kree and a Wakandan war, which is super awesome. I don't know, listen, that doesn't take place in any of the comics. And I don't think that that's going to be Black Panther 2. But my God, could you imagine a Kree-Wakandan war? That'd be amazing. Absolutely. Minerva and Ronin and all these guys. It would have to take place maybe Captain Marvel 2. The Marvels. I think that would be pretty cool. Then 
the second mention of the multiverse happens in this episode. They talk about the sacred timeline war, which is a tie into Secret Wars. And the multiverse could be ties to none other than Immortus, where um, there's comics in the What If comics where Kang, a.k.a. Immortus, has some deep, deep ties to what's going on. Uh, and then we hear the word Nexus, um, a Nexus event caused by variants. And if we remember just a few months ago, WandaVision introduced the term Nexus, uh, leading us to believe that Wanda is a Nexus being along with Man-Thing. So there's more MCU, Disney TV tie-ins that are happening, which brings me to the next one. When Miss Minutes, first of all, were you creeped out by Miss Minutes? Not really. The southern clock just running around knowing everything? <laughs> it's a little weird. But anyway, when Miss Minutes says that when a Nexus event is left unintended, it leads to madness. It's a multiverse. fun little precursor to Doctor Strange Madness in the Multiverse, right? Yeah. We're all talking about the multiverse. That's the next big event, right? Madness in the Multiverse. So we have the multiverse, then we have Nexus. WandaVision is an, uh, Wanda's a Nexus being. Wanda's going to be in Madness in the Multiverse. This explains the multiverse. This could reopen the multiverse. Um I feel like they're setting it up, right? They got to be. Yeah, have to. Do you remember the first mention of the multiverse in the whole MCU? Not in Far From Home, was it? It was from Far From Home. uh, When Jake Gyllenhaal says that he's from the multiverse. Very, very good, Chuck. Um, Then Mobius, M. Mobius, who rocks a mean brown suit, says that there's a department called the Nightmare Department. Just take Department away, and what are we left with? Nightmare. Who's Nightmare? Doctor Strange villain. Who's coming up in Doctor Strange 2? We've been talking about it for three years. That Nightmare needs to show up? Boom. There's our there's our confirmation, buddy. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I I want Nightmare. I would be amazing, but I, I think it was more literal. Like, yeah. And what does multiverse start with? An M. Who starts with an M? Bavisto. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we haven't. I'm surprised we haven't seen that. I mean, because remember, remember last episode, or uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, someone saw a M-shaped vein in Don Cheadle's head and was like, "Oh, yep. Morbius." Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get Mephisto. So oh, Mephisto, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it could lead to Morbius too. It's vein, blood, vampires. We got it. Um, I don't think we're getting. I listen. This is gonna be a hot take. I know for a fact we're not getting Mephisto in this series. And if, it, if it we do, I'll eat my hat. Um, let's see. Logie's D.B. Cooper, we know that. The Infinity Gems. I said I'd come back to these. In a story called Secret Wars Battle World, the stones exist in all different realms and all different realities. So there's thousands of these stones, which we're seeing. We're seeing paperweight versions of the most powerful things in the Marvel Universe. They can only be used in their home reality. So let's say we have Time Bandits. And they uh, compromise the TVA. Let's say those time bandits are green-skinned, shape-shifting people known as scrolls. Okay. And let's say that they steal these Infinity Gems, and they know which, you know, which universe they come from. Maybe they have like a little serial code, a little VIN number at the bottom, and they take them back to their worlds. If Secret Wars opens up battle worlds, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Would you like that? I mean, <clears throat> I like the that version, but like 
I kind of done with the Infinity Stones. But imagine, imagine Thanos has a gauntlet. Doctor Doom has a gauntlet in another universe. Hela has a gauntlet. Death has a gauntlet. Like, could you imagine that? That would be amazing. Adam but, Warlock, Nebula, these all, all these characters have gauntlets. That would be so dope. It would. I just, I kind of want to steer away from the, the stones. Yeah, I mean, if you're reading, uh, whatchamacallit, um, Heroes Reborn, there's something yeah. called Infinity Rings. So <laughs> they've gone to, you know, having rings, more jewelry. All right, let's go back to the shovel in Oklahoma. You remember the weird looking shovel in Oklahoma, right? Where we find out that there's a variant and that variant yes. lights the entire cornfield on fire, killing the agents. That scene might have been my favorite because it shows me how dark we're about to get. The shovel was not 1850s Oklahoma shovel. That was future shovel. And it looked very Jack Kirby New Gods-esque. I know New Gods is a DC property, but Jack Kirby is very influential in the Marvel lore. Tell me that didn't look like something futuristic. It did. Because as soon as I saw it, I was like, well, that's not a time period shovel. Yeah, like, God, can you imagine if they had shovels like that in the 1800s? <laughs> Work would be so easy. All right, next we go to in the background of the TVA when Loki is jumping from room to room. This is the funnest Easter egg that I have seen online. I saw it actually before the series came out because somebody spoiled it, so I knew what to look for. When Loki jumps from built room to room in the TVA's building, there is a... TVA agent who is transporting another variant. Have you seen this online yet? No, I haven't. Okay. That variant looks very, extremely, damn near identical. Near, I might say nigh identical to Peggy Carter. Huh. So it looked exactly like Haley Atwell's silhouette in the exact same outfit, same hairstyle that Peggy Carter would wear. So let's say, you know, what ifs coming out, Peggy Carter becomes Captain uh, Captain Britain, right? We know Steve went back through the sacred timeline to alter said sacred timeline. Did Steve going back to be with Peggy alter her trajectory in the MCU, leading her to become a variant that is now captured by the TVA? Or do we have another rogue scroll in the body of Peggy Carter? That'd be cool. I like the first one. I like that because he, you know, apparently messed up the timeline and then he would say, you know, you know, they arrested her or captured her or whatever. Say That would be really cool. I I did not see that online and I'm kind of glad I didn't because I like to hear it from you first. Yeah, I mean, I saw that and I was like, man, that is layers upon layers. And I know like the... Steve going back in time to rewrite his future. I, I kind of consider that a plot hole in the whole MCU Avengers story because it was never explained. It was never explored. Even in Captain uh, Captain and Captain America and the Winter Soldier, we've never it was never addressed. It was that Steve was gone. We didn't see a body. We didn't go to a funeral. We didn't hear like read an obituary. It was just that he was gone. And who knows if you know maybe through Steve's connections, like obviously being from the future, but knowing that he can go to Strange, he can go to Stark, he can go to so-and-so, maybe he prolonged Peggy's death. You know, she di- she dies in what, Civil War? Right? That's where uh, Emily yeah, Van Camp he- kisses Steve, her uncle, in front of the car, in front of the boys. Yeah. What if she doesn't die in Civil War? 
what if she's still alive, even though she's 100 years old, but they decreased her aging? You know what I mean? What if Steve, what, what if Steve went black market to keep Peggy alive and try and give her the super serum? That's, uh, had some deep rabbit hole there, buddy. And I'm just workshopping this. This is all, (laughs) I just wrote down that there was a, a a silhouette of someone who looked like Peggy Carter. And this is where I've, I've went to. So imagine what would happen at about eight weeks after we watch this whole season and this doesn't happen. (laughs) Am, am I wasting my time like I did with Mephisto? You damn well know it. You damn know it. I am absolutely yeah. wasting my time. But, man, the possibilities could be really cool, couldn't it? Yeah, this series is definitely more like WandaVision, where, you know, the possibilities are endless and the, the theories where um, Falcon Winter Soldier or Captain America Winter Soldier was kind of straightforward. Yeah. You know, it, it was straightforward to the punch. It was more realistic, more like the MCU movies to where this and WandaVision is a complete 180 of what they're used to, which I love. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm going to die on a sword for every episode, for every show. Uh, you know, I thought about, you know, I died on the sword of Mephisto for WandaVision. I died on the sword that Carly was going to be a good hero and become Nomad and John Walker was going to become the leader of the Flag Smashers. Died on that sword. You know which sword I'm prepared to die on for Loki? What? That we're going to see Throg. Really? That's the sword that I'm going to die on. I believe that Throg is going to appear in this series. You heard it here first. If anywhere he fits in this series. Yeah, I can see Mobius continuing part two of the greatest hits, and we see him turning Thor into a frog. And there we go. That's episode one, my friend, of Loki, Glorious Purpose. We got to break it down. Um, I'm stuck between a 4.5 and a 5. Really? I, I think the the Peggy Carter stuff that I just created in my head, that, that Peggy Carter fan fiction I just wrote, bumped me up to a 5. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with a 5. We're, you're, you've been a 5 for every episode of... The Marvel Disney Plus TV show. So I'm surprised that this would only got a 4.5 if it wasn't for the Carter. Yeah, uh, you know, I watched... See, I've only watched this one once. So I haven't had a chance to watch it a second time. And I didn't I didn't put my fan eyes on yet. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I've had my reviewer, you know, Dr. Sherlock... Or I had Sherlock Holmes eyes on where I'm just trying to find all the Easter eggs. When I left the episode, I absolutely loved it. So I don't... Maybe I'm just causing a little kerfuffle in the rating system by saying that it's a 4.5. This is an absolute five for me. Absolute yeah, five. Yeah, me too. Um, is this the most ambitious opening to a show? I don't think so. I think WandaVision was. Yeah. But this is a show that I'm extremely excited for. This was one of the most excited series that are most. This is one of the series that they announced that I was most excited for. Um, and I know you were excited for it. I know our wives are excited for it. So anything that we can share with our wives is amazing. So let's get out of here, my friend. That's it. We'll be back every Saturday with another episode of the Loki Lounge. I can't wait to see where this goes. I'm looking for Hella. I'm looking for Throg. I'm looking for Lady Loki. And I'm looking for a lot of Peggy Carter. And I know I'm not going to get the last part, but that would be fun. (laughs) Uh, 
but yeah, follow us on social media, the Active Geek Podcast. Follow the network. There's two other shows. There's Galaxy Wars every Monday and Cage My Q on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts every single day. Every day. And that's an MMA show, combat sports show. It's the best place for MMA. And it's hosted by a friend of the podcast, Dan. So check him out. Support his stuff. He's a new member of our team. Um, He finally got adopted. He was always like Active Geek adjacent. And now he is a part of the family. So uh, for the Active Geek podcast, I am Jim. I am Chuck. We are from Midgard. And we are out.